<laughs> Talk to you a little bit about what makes great dads. What makes a great dad. And I want to start in Psalm 103. I want to read 1 verse 13. And... Verse 13 says this, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And that's King James Version. Amplified says this, As a father loves and pities his children, so the Lord loves and pities those who fear him. That means who reverence, who worship him in awe. Amen. The, the key thing is I want to I wanna bring out is that Fathers love their children and have compassion on their children. Uh, and, and, and compassion means nothing more than to cherish and to love deeply your child. That is something that Jesus demonstrated in his entire walk. Jesus, you know, he, he, he told the disciples, listen, if you, you've seen me, If you perceived who I am and what I've been doing, then you have seen the Father. Jesus manifested the heart of our Father God. And that is to to love and to cherish us. Amen? Uh, And that's that's the mold in which all believers, men who become fathers, and men who become fathers, you better become husbands first. Hallelujah. All right? Amen. If you can't become a husband, don't become a father. Uh, because a father is one who not not only is the source, but he's also the supply. There's a lot of people who sire children, but ain't a whole lot of them who take care of them today. Huh? And there's a lot of a lot of good men who wind up taking care of other men's children because they didn't do it. They're still their fathers. And they ought to be treated as fathers. Amen. Amen. So, number one, a good dad, a a great dad, loves his children. Second quality, and there are many, and I only picked out three. A great dad is fair to his children. Go to Ephesians 6, chapter 4, verse. He is fair to his children. Fourth verse says this, Ephesians 6. And I'm going to read from the Amplified. It says, Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Meaning, don't exasperate them to resentment. But rear them, well, let me stop right there. Uh, As a father, I know the tendency to, in correcting children, to overdo it. And there's such a thing as as breaking the spirit of a child, which you never want to do. If you break the spirit of a child, uh, when they get out into society, they don't have enough going for them to stand up for themselves. And I've seen individuals who've gone out into society, and and because uh, they were broken, 
and usually by a father, to the extent that they couldn't stand up for themselves, uh, they had a hard time in society. Uh, fathers especially, you have to know how much to deal with your children, how far to go with them. Uh, you know, you, you have things that you have to say and you have to do, but say it and do it and leave it alone. Amen? Because there's only so much. You know, that's what God does. Have you ever noticed Jesus, how he dealt with people? Jesus never gave him an essay when he dealt with him. Jesus said simple things. All right. Do this. Do that. No, you can't do that because you're this. This is this. This is, this is the truth. And then he, let, he sat back and he let them reflect on it. The tendency, I think, a lot of times for fathers uh, is to exasperate the ch- children. Exasperate means to wear them out. Don't nag them. Don't be hostile to a child. It happens. We've seen that. Where uh, a, a man will seek to dominate a child just because of, of other situations. Perhaps he was brought up like that. And so that's what, what he does. Alright? Treat your children fair. Uh, at the same time, children, you got to understand something. You don't have a right to tell your parent, you can't make me angry. Uh, they can make you angry if they're right. So there's some, some people, and I've seen Christian children do this to their parents. Uh, he made me angry. The Bible says he's not supposed to make me angry. No, the Bible didn't say that. He says he's not supposed to wear you out and weary you, but he's supposed to tell you when you're wrong. There's a lot of people want to take this and they want to go way to the ends of the earth. And that's not, that's not it. Uh, young folk have to understand that your, your folk are right. And they're telling you what's good for you. You need to listen to them. Amen. Um, so treat them fairly. Treat them fairly. Let's go to the second part of that verse. Ephesians 6 and 4. And it says, But rear them or bring them up. And Amplified says tenderly. King James says, In the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amplified says, In the training and discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. Means you have to teach your children something. You've got to train your children what is socially proper and acceptable, and you have to train your children what's spiritually right. Amen? Uh, it's not the churches, you know, a lot of people send children to Sunday school to learn what's right. If you wait to send your children to Sunday school to learn what's right, then uh, they're behind the eight ball. You teach your children at home. And fathers, this is a big thing on us because a lot of times we want to let the mothers train the, the young children and tell them what to do. Oh, she'll do it. She'll do it. No, no. Father, you got to be in there from the get-go. Amen. A lot of us have had great mothers who have taken over that job, but 
The Bible tells fathers have to do this. Well, am I reading the same Bible you read? Amen. Amen. It says fathers. And it tells you don't provoke them and irritate them. And then it says rear them, talking about fathers, tenderly in the training and the discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. You've got to give them moral and spiritual instruction. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to give a few things that, uh, uh, truths that come from God about being a father. I won't be, won't be before you long this morning. Uh, a few observations I've had, a few things that, that I've learned, that I've had to learn as a father how to be a better father. But these things I've learned from the Word of God, and I, and I learned that they're right and they're true. Uh, this is something that we can always say about God the Father. God our Father will always be around. He'll never be an absentee Father. There's never a time when you can't turn to Him. Or turn away from situations or circumstances or whatever's going on that God won't be there to hear you. Matter of fact, He's already already in the situation before you get in the situation. So one thing we have to learn uh, as fathers is to be there for our family. To be a good father, and I'll say this throughout, you need to be a good husband. I don't know I don't know any one unless they're completely separated in, in some for some family situation. How anybody living in a house with a woman he calls his wife, and if he's living in a house with her, she ought to be his wife. Amen. Uh, and they have children. I don't know how he could be a good father without being a good husband. I just don't see that because one thing fathers have to do as husbands is model for their children the kind of behavior that, that God tells us to do as husbands and as fathers and, they, and they, they get a lot of that from the way you treat your wife there's things that my father told me when I was growing up that I didn't pay any attention to it they were right things but you know why I didn't pay attention to them because he didn't deal with my mother that way he tell me, do this boy, do that boy, don't do that. Guess what I did when I, when I got grown up? I went out and did what I saw him do. I didn't listen to him because he didn't model it. You always got to be there. You never can be so tired. Especially when a child comes to you and asks you something. You can never be so tired that uh, you put them off. Guess what? Especially when they get a little older, they may not ever come back to you again. So you have to hit while the iron is hot. Because uh, there's something that they want. There's something that they need from you. There's some information. There's some help. There's something. Uh, There's very little in, in life that's more important than your children and your wife. As fathers. Amen. Amen. Uh, God our Father is a father to the widows and the fatherless. 
Now he has a place in his heart that's so big. And how do I know that there's a place in, in God the Father's heart that's so big for widows and the fathers? It's because he speaks about it so much in his word. Look, Psalm 68 and Father says that. That he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling place is holy, whose dwelling is holy. Psalm 68.5. I just wrote that down so I wouldn't have to go, go there. In the Bible, the terms fatherless and orphan are used ten times. It mentions, all right? Widow is used 11 times in the Bible. And almost every time the term widow is used in the Bible, it's always in conjunction with God coming to their rescue or warning people about treating them improperly. You read your Bible. God is telling us that fathers are necessary. Amen. You 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 may you may be a man who, who has a family and whatnot. Uh, there are times that God will bring young people into your area of influence who don't have a father, who've not had a father. And and what is he doing that for? He's doing them. He's he's bringing those into your area so you can show them what a father is all about, so that you can pour something into his life. In this ministry, men, I pray God send many widows, or today many single women, many fatherless, many children who maybe their father is alive, but uh, he, they might, he might as well be dead because he don't spend any time with many such people into this ministry. And what I think God expects us to do is to be fathers to those who are fatherless. Are you hearing me? Uh, you, we can jump around here and sing all we want. We can, we can praise God and this, that, and the other thing. But there, when there are people out there who are widows, who are single women, who are children, who need some kind of direction, and we don't do something to try to help them, then, uh, and I'm not always talking about money, I'm talking about what they need a lot of time is they need wisdom, is they need somebody to care, is they need a man to be a man to show what a man is. Uh, they need some balance in, 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 in life. And we, as a ministry, men, we need to be prepared to do just that. I'm going to tell you, it takes time. You can't, it's all a part of discipling people. You can't disciple people in mass. That's why I always, I'm always talking about how many ministers there are in, in here. There's so many ministers in here for a purpose. I don't expect God to raise up people just so we can uh, do a round robin so that everybody can get a turn to preach. That ain't what it's all about. <laughs> It is about ministering the truth of what we talk about. Amen? Amen. 
the big problem, and you can hear it from people like Derek Prince, to, 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 to social uh, anthropologists, to, to all kinds of people, the big problem in America today is fatherless families. It's fathers who have abdicated their responsibility for the family. And the, and the sad thing about that is that that is in the church that way. I'll tell you what. Every man in your congregation is like a star. Amen. Because what the devil has set out to do in these last days is to take all the men out of the church. Now women, I take my hat off to you if I had one. Because of what most of you do trying to be father and mother and raising children and so forth. It's a hard situation. But the reason so many women are stuck in this situation is that men just ain't men no more. Huh? In terms of, I'm talking about those who claim to be Christian. You find in Christian circles people popping out babies just like, I'm talking about men, just like they do in the world. Without regard to what is going to happen to that child. Huh? What responsibility do I have as a man of God in raising that child, huh? Being completely irresponsible. Some of us know what it means to raise children who are not our own children biologically. Huh? There's a lot of good women out here who don't have husbands and they have children. They come to the Lord. They're looking for husbands. They're looking for men of God. Uh, not only to bless them and take care of them, but to help them and take care of their children. That's the calling of a man. A lot of men I've known who said, I love that woman. And treat her children like dirt. Huh? I'm telling the truth. I wish it wasn't it wasn't a lie. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! I don't even want to get into that. Amen. Uh, so God has a special place for for children and for and for the fatherless. Amen. And and as a church, we need to embrace them. And that's going to take men who are fathers. If you want to, as a man, if you want to attain to anything in the kingdom of God, especially in the fivefold, you have to have the heart of a father. Uh, it's the kind of thing that, that I've been trying to teach uh, young men, beginning with my own children, that as you grow up, you need to see all these young women that you grow up with, you need to see them as sisters and daughters. That what God is trying to do is He's trying to grow you up to be a father in the kingdom. The fathers protect people. You know that? Huh? You don't take care. You don't grab some girl and run her in the back seat of a car just because you want to satisfy your flesh. If you say you love her, sister, I love you. And there's hundreds and thousands and millions of young men going to youth groups and stuff and they're telling their sister and they're hugging them, telling them I love you. But what's really running around 
in them is I had a lust for you now if you really love them even if she ain't got her head on straight you tell her look I can't do the thing that you want to do I can't do it number one because I love my God too much and number two I love you too much so let's be friends let me be a man of God so you can grow up to be a woman of God uh, and the kingdom of God can be established the way it should be uh, fathers I, I push this on young men God wants you to grow up to be a father in the kingdom the fathers do, do so much especially for the family of, of God um, so far he's a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows this is another thing that's, that's probably as important as anything else God loves you and me as much as he loves his son Jesus and that's hard for people to get to they know, they know God the Father loves Jesus the Son they know that there is no doubt in their mind but somewhere deep down inside uh, because of the way that earthly fathers has dealt with them they have gotten to the point where they can't see that no matter who I am and how I am uh, uh, no matter what my mistakes are and my shortcomings uh, God doesn't love me and treat me the way he treated his son matter of fact he treats you better than he treated his son do you realize that? He treats you, treat you better than he treated his son. Uh, John 17th chapter. Go with me there. Twenty-third verse. Uh, let me. I may have twenty-second verse. Let's start. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to see this in Jesus' own words. 22nd verse, 17th chapter. And the Amplified says this. And this is Jesus talking to the Father. I have given to them the glory and honor which ye have given me. Oh my God. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to shout. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus, the Son of God, says, I have given to them the glory, oh hallelujah, and the honor which you gave to me. Now, did Jesus have glory? Did Jesus have honor upon him? Well, you have the same glory and the same honor. Is Jesus a liar? All right. Then what he said, he meant, and what he meant is true. You have the same glory and the same honor. And how is that so true? He says um, that they may be one even as we are one. Don't let the voices that come from the outside tell you that uh, because sometimes you have trouble that somehow you are separated from God. No, no, no. 
you're not. Unless you allow yourself in your mind to be separated from God, you're never separated from Him. And when you're in your worst state, when you are doing your worst, that's when He's closest to you. Oh, come on. I know it's hard because I know my own tendency is to run away from God when I ain't performing. Uh, but that's the flesh. Uh, uh, but, but any person with a young child will tell you when that child is getting in trouble or in danger of done something, that's the time they want that child close to them. Right then. So they can deal with them. So they first of all can protect them from what it is, the danger that's coming upon them, and so they can correct it. I'm talking about the Father. Your God loves you as much as He loves Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Verse 23 says this, and this is where it is. He says that we may be one. I, meaning Jesus, in them, that's, that's y'all, and you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and, I, and, and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh my God. I know that's a mouthful. I know it's a lot for us to get our little brains around. But do you see what he's saying here? I want the world to know. But I want them to know first that you love them just the same as you love me. And when they can get a grip on the fact that they understand that you love me and treat me just like you treat them, or treat them just like you treat me, then the world is going to see. Then the world is going to understand that love. They're going to, they're going to experience that love. See, the world isn't impacted so much by your lifestyle and by the way God deals with you when you're at your best. Because anybody at their best, they figure deserves to be treated well. The world is impacted when they see how God treats you at your worst. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Uh, See, everybody knows that a man in his own flesh of himself cannot save himself. And everybody looking for a Savior, and everybody needs a Savior. I'll tell you what, I think I've impacted the lives of people more when, when I've been able to go to them and apologize for my shortcomings and say, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, That's really beneath me. I had to ask God to forgive me because that's not where I'm I'm from. And God God just won't let me go on without me coming to you and apologizing and asking you to forgive me. See, the world don't roll like that. 
But we're supposed to. And we can. And how can we do it? We can do it because we know we are loved by God. Huh? We're, we're not Jesus. And none of us are claiming to be Jesus. But we got the same love. We got the same glory. And we got the same honor upon us because of what Jesus did. I said all that just to say this. God, the ruler and the creator of everything, loves you as much as he loves himself, really. That's something that's hard for us to learn from earthly fathers. That kind of love. But that's what the Lord speaks to me and spoke to me. The other thing that I find really, really exciting about God is to a very large extent, you can decide whether or not He's going to be your Father. Now see, most of us, all of us, had no choice who, who fathered us. You were just a twinkle in somebody's eye, or maybe not even that. You, you, you couldn't choose in no way, shape, or form who was going to be your father. If we did, most of us might have chose somebody else. We might have chose somebody who was a little bit richer. <laughs> a whole lot richer. Huh? Looked a little better. Huh? Maybe a little smarter. Whatever. Uh, uh, somebody who lived for the Lord. We, we might have chose a different father. We had no choice. But this is something you can choose. You can choose to follow lights. You can choose Him. We can choose Him. To let Him be Father. Now He ain't going to force Himself on nobody. And this is what the world can't understand. As good as He is, He's not going to force Himself on nobody. But He'll offer Himself to everybody. And we get that choice. This is what I try to tell people. I don't care who your daddy was. If you never knew your daddy, he could have been the worst skin flint in the world. He could have been Charles Manson or even worse. That has nothing to do with your eternal uh, uh, salvation. It has nothing to do with, with, with your eternal mindset and, and, and your eternal psychology. Because God can love you to the extent that all of the deficiencies that man left you with because of, 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 of our hang-ups, all the things that your fathers couldn't put in you, couldn't teach you, couldn't show you, he can do it. If we choose to let him be father. And he can do it because he has the son who's already really actually done it. And he has the Holy Spirit that can, that can move and do everything that needs to be done. Understands us. That's a wonderful choice, church. That's something, I don't care how, how not much of a knothead a person is. That's something that ought to appeal to him. Say, so, hey, when it, when it comes to things like that, uh, where you wind up in life does not depend on who your daddy was. Or who he wasn't. It depends on the father 
who really wants to, in a sense, more than adopt you, but, but wants to rebirth you into his family. That's the decision. And the riches and the glory that go with Father are far beyond anything this world has to offer. Number one, His riches and glory are eternal. Number two, He says uh, that all our needs are met huh, according to what His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Church, to know Jesus is to know the Father. You know, especially for men, your walk with God is so important for so many people in your family and out of your family. Because you get to model Father God. Amen? You, you, you get to... In essence, by following the Spirit of God, give people an idea of who it is that's the reason for them ever being here. I don't know if if people are good fathers or they just want to be good fathers. Uh, there is there's a spirit called the Spirit of God, a spirit of holiness, that will teach you anything you need to know. I know because I had to learn an awful lot about being a father. My dad was one of these kind of people. Uh, he's a big old dude, and he didn't take nothing from nobody. And and he'd knock you out as soon as as look at you. There was there was no discussion about something. If I looked at him like this, I better be ready to duck. <laughs> He was a good man, but he had things that he learned from his father. And his father was, you know, what his father had taught him, look, children, you don't take no mess from no children. And what he didn't understand, that you could break the spirit of children or cause them to be completely wild. And I had some wild brothers, I'm going to tell you, older brothers. I mean, these, these guys, because of rebelling against my dad and my dad had ameliorated a little bit when I got older but they just rebelled completely against him so all I'm saying is this is that it don't matter who dad was what he what he did what he didn't do you can be the kind of dad or the kind of man that God wants you to wants you to be and uh, I don't know anybody who's reached that kind of perfection. We're always striving for it. But I, I know some men who have availed themselves to God, to listen to God, to help them to be the kind of man they ought to be. And I've seen some tremendous uh, improvement in their lives. Amen. I, 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 you know, and, and I won't, won't go and, and embarrass anybody in this room or anything, but I, I can say to people in this room who because of their relationship with God and their willingness to let God change them into his image uh, first as a child of God uh, then that thing about being a man and a father and a husband and all that that all came with it 
So this is Father's Day. We celebrate fathers, but the real celebration is to celebrate our Father, who is in heaven. And any good that you see in any of us fathers, uh, it's because of our Father. It's because of our yielding uh, to our Father. Fathers are important. Children, don't rebel needlessly against your fathers. Alright? If you've got a father you can talk to, sit down and talk to him. You know, sometimes we get a little not headed ourselves, but sit down and talk to him. I don't think there's a father in this room who doesn't care about his children deeply. Amen. I don't believe there's a man in this room who, even if he isn't a father, who doesn't care about his wife and children to be deeply. Give them an opportunity sometime. Understand fathers are different than, uh, men are different than women because men are like, they look at the whole picture. They see the situation where uh, you're thinking about money and they're thinking about where your finances are going to be six down, months down the road. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, so when when they're saying, no, 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 we don't need to go buy that, or we don't know we need to go do this, understand that because you tend to look and see at what's, what's close at hand, well. uh, that if you both come together... Uh, I heard an amen there. If you both come together, you can see what's close and what's far out. And you can put it together and, 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 and be a protection for, for your family. Amen? So I'm, I'm just closing up by saying that uh, fatherhood is a wonderful thing. There's so much I would not know about God if I, didn't, if I wasn't a father. Amen. There's so many sacrifices, so many other outlooks if I wasn't a father. Amen. But uh, So it's right for us today to celebrate fathers. It's right for us today uh, to hold it up as a good thing. It's right for us today to hold that up as a, how can I say, a goal for families. We want to have husbands, wives, Fathers, mothers. It's a great protection for us. If 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 you're a single person and you don't have a, a, a father or a husband or whatever, don't let that deter you. I told you, you have the ultimate father. He'll be your husband. Whatever else you need until such time he decides to bring somebody else in, in your life. He'll do that. It's for real. Uh, I'm going to let you all go because I could stand up here and, and give you study after study and I could give you things that have happened in my own life and things that have happened in the lives of, of some of you all out there. But we're going to go home today. Amen? We're going to cut it off right there. Right there. You know somebody who is a father? Give them a call. Go over them. Say something nice to them. Let them know that I appreciate you and uh, I celebrate you today, all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to very quickly, I want to first have us uh, pray for you, young man. Come on up here, my dear. What happened to you in, in, in that accident? Can you tell me? 
I know what ha- I know. I know you cross the street. What are the injuries that you have? Ankle was bruised. It wasn't broken. It was bruised. Well, I don't feel like going back there today. I normally come back there and later. I want you. You younger than I am, and that bruise. That bruise will heal quickly. Amen. I want you to stand up here so everybody can pray for you. Because uh, you're important to all of us. Uh, you, you are. I know we see you once in a while. But uh, I remember when you were like like this. Uh, have you ever been that small? Well, how about maybe like this, huh? Okay. I remember when you first started coming to the church, all right? But... Uh, we want to pray for you. We need another good man in the kingdom. And another good father. Amen. So this this is kingdom business. Amen. Y'all pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your hand has been upon this young man. Just as so many other young people who come in our midst. And Father, uh, I thank you first of all, and we thank you for preserving his life. Lord, we know that the enemy uh, meant it for evil, Lord, but you're going to take this thing for good. And Father God, whatever the damage is to his ankle, uh, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would manifest that that healing uh, in his body, Lord, that you would cause it, Lord, to be be strong with no effects. Uh, Father, uh, no damage, no indication of whatever happened. And Father, I just ask that not only for his ankle, I ask you, Lord, that you do something in his head. And Lord, you you give him an awareness uh, of dangerous situations. Cause him, Lord, to become wise uh, about navigating the streets, and Lord, and and, and holding his excitement in abeyance, Lord God, uh, because he may not realize it, but he has an enemy, Lord, who is out there trying to destroy him. And Lord, one place where he always gets us is, Lord, when we're careless. And, Lord, we, we, we know that we, we can't be careless. And, Father, I just ask that you would just do that now. We, we just speak a wisdom. And we just speak that kind of, uh, of, of care in his, in his mind where he would know and see and understand uh, when he's putting himself in danger. Not just in, in going in the streets, but in every situation. Father, I thank you. I bless you, Lord, for this young man and this father to be in the kingdom after he becomes a husband. Amen and amen. All right, Claudia. I'm satisfied. Hallelujah.